I'd like to take a moment this morning and bring our attention to Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. And again, we see that the way of God is often in paradox to the way of people. Um, it's a moment that God gives Moses and Aaron instruction and he gives them the word to speak to Pharaoh. This is what he says. He says, and afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. In the wilderness isn't exactly a place where many of us would desire to set up our table and prepare a meal. The wilderness isn't usually the focus of our attention or the place that we would desire to go. But here in this scripture, the Lord's word comes to us. And the reason that he gives Moses and Aaron to tell Pharaoh, the, the logic that he gives to them to reiterate to that greatest leader of that world was simply this, to let his people go, that they would hold a feast to him unto God in the wilderness. I want to just bring a simple thought this morning that, that God has a why in your wilderness. There's a reason for a season that we walk through that's difficult. And somewhere, somehow today, God wants someone to know that there's a why in the wilderness that he has us all in right now. It's every spring that I turn into a bit of a scout uh, after the snow melts and before the leaves are on the trees when it's easy to see the streams along the roadside I I begin to scout out the areas that I would like to go for fishing uh, I, I noticed even yesterday Kathy and I were on a drive and we were going down through Hoyt for the burial of Amanda Albright and along the side of the road I noticed this beautiful stream and I, and I told Kathy that that just begs for somebody to come and fish in it. I know that our season has been extended and we're not able to go fishing yet, but I'm preparing already for what is about to come. I remember this other time I was taking a drive out River Street and of course uh, <clears throat> the Nashwalk River is a beautiful river and, and you can kind of scout out different areas for fishing all the way along there and you can go out to Route 628 and hang right onto the Pennyac Road and if you travel out the Pennyac Road, the Pennyac Stream is yet another beautiful stream for fishing and and I remember this one day that before you, uh, before you go up the hill toward Mount Hope in Pennyac, that the, the stream comes right along and underneath the road there, and there was one of the elderly gentlemen of, of the area that was there, and I, I stopped and I was chatting with him for a minute. I, I pointed at the stream and I said, where, where does this stream connect? Where does it come from? And, and he just kind of wildly flung his arm in the air and out into the, the woods area, and he just said, oh, the wilderness. It's out in the wilderness. I didn't know that the wilderness was out in back of Pennyac, but in his mind and apparently apparent, uh, with the way that he was giving me the instructions that, that there was a wilderness out there and if I was going to fish the Pennyac stream that I was going to have to go out into the wilderness. Sometimes we've got to find our way in the wilderness. It's the wilderness, the word itself, that births the word wild. It means unpleasant. An uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region. It's the wilderness that any, none of us desire to go into, but yet, in Scripture, it's often the place that God invites us 
too. God invites us out of the comfortable and the contemporary into the unplanned, unpurposed place of the wilderness. It is an uncultivated place. It hasn't been prepared for us to inhabit. It hasn't been planned for us to be there. It's inhospitable. It's, it's not very nice in the wilderness, but yet God picks the wilderness to work something in us. I don't think I need a long time to explain that, that sometimes we can get comfortable in the wrong place. Sometimes we can settle for something that God never intended for us to have. We can become content with living in a place that is less than that space that God intended for our God-given calling. God intends for us sometimes to make our way into the wilderness because he needs to shed some things away from our life. He needs to release the hold that something has on us. We've got to make our way into the wilderness. It's rare that we'll ever pick the wilderness on our own, but don't deny the fact that God has a plan for you in the wilderness. It was the wilderness that prepared the voice of John the Baptist to declare the way of the Lord. It was Mark 1 and 3. He said, the voice of one crying. Where? Not in the city place. Wasn't in the marketplace. That wasn't where John found his voice to be the strongest, but rather when somebody would make their way out of the city and into the wilderness, they would find this one. This one that Jesus declared as none greater. The one that Jesus separated from all of the rest of the humanity of his time. He said, there's none greater than John the Baptist, but if you're going to hear the voice of John the Baptist, you're going to have to make your way out into the wilderness. John didn't rely on anybody for anything. He had a coat from a camel, he had honey from the bees, and he had locusts from the wilderness. That's all that John had. John didn't look to anybody for anything. God, John had separated himself from the voices of the politicians, from the religious, and he made his way into the wilderness. Why? Because God needed his voice to be clear and distinct. God needed someone that was separated from everything else. Someone that was willing to go into the wilderness. The wilderness was where Jesus was separated unto the spirit. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1 was, <clears throat> was leading him. It led him. It didn't lead him to the pinnacle of the temple. It, it didn't lead him into that high place. The, the enemy wanted to take him there because it was the place of temptation. But the spirit led him into the wilderness for that season of temptation. It wasn't a season for being overcome, but rather it was a season to become an overcomer. It wasn't a season for defeat, but rather... Rather, it was a season for a declaration of victory that would be coming. Can I just remind somebody that what we're walking through right now as a church family, what we're walking through in our world right now, it seems like a wilderness, but God is preparing a church to declare victory. God is preparing the voice of the church. God is separating us. God is preparing us. God is aligning us with his purpose in the middle of the wilderness. There is a why in the wilderness of our lives right now. Don't miss the why for the wilderness. We are all a little bit like electricity. We pick the path of least resistance. We want the easy way. We'll take the paved highway, please. We don't want to have to pick our way along a trail that's been overgrown or undone. But yet, if we're going to make our way into the wilderness, it isn't going to be the easy way. If anyone had stepped up to the microphone on December the 31st, of 2019 and said, I think that the best plan for 2020 would be to shut off 
the world to shut down everything around us. I, I think that we just kind of need to stay inside for the next few months. Nobody would sign up for that. If I had a sign-up sheet for a 50-day isolation starting in March, I don't think anybody would have walked to the altar to sign that sheet. If I had said, we're going to close the American-Canadian border, actually, while we're at it, we're going to close all the provincial borders, we're going to restrict travel and restrict people from connecting, and, and, and it, it just seemed like an absolutely impossible thing. And, and, and I, I've got to laugh sometimes at, at the irony of it all, because with all of the geniuses around us, with all the epidemiologists, with everybody as smart as they are, with technology being what it is, how did we miss this? How did we miss that we were going to be walking in the midst of this season that we're in right now? Unless God just kind of blinded all of our eyes because he wanted us to make our way into this wilderness. If we had seen it coming, maybe we would have planned and we would have prepared. But it would have missed the purpose that God had for this season that we're in right now. We would have missed the moment that God was going, going to prepare us for in the wilderness. Egypt was a temporary place for Israel. Mark it down. Don't, don't miss, don't miss that, that little statement. It's, it's, it's important in the message this morning. Egypt was temporary. Can I remind you one more time today that this world is not our home. It's temporary. 70 days at best is what God said he gave us. That 70 days, we, or 70 years rather, 70 years that we have is at best. That's what God gave us. But, but, but it's nothing in scope of eternity. It's nothing in scope of forever and ever. It's nothing in the scope of that. But could it be that God needs to help us get rid of the world that's attached itself to us? God did not want Israel to assimilate into the Egyptian culture. Sometimes I have to wonder if the reason for the season of slavery in Egypt was because it built a buffer between the two nations. God did not want his people to become a part of that Egyptian nation. He did not want them to embrace their ideology. He did not want them to worship at the feet of their idols. So he built a wall of separation and he forced them into his plan and his purpose. He developed a divine divide among the two races because he didn't want them to live without the hope that he had for them. He, he didn't intend for them to stay in Egypt. Egypt was only for a season. It was just temporary. Church, this world is not our home. It is just temporary. And sometimes I've got to wonder if God didn't prepare a season like this in the end time because he wants us to realize this world is not our home. He's just got to kind of disconnect us from everything around us. He's got to disconnect us from influence and purpose. He, he's just created this entire season and situation because he wants us to realign and to refocus on the things that really matter. Heaven is there to gain and hell is there to shun. This wilderness has a reason. Don't miss the why in the wilderness that we're walking through right now. A divine divide happens in our lives sometimes. God didn't just push you out of the world. He brought you to himself. It was Naomi that said, I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. 
Why then call you me, Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? I, I've got to wonder sometimes if the reason that God calls us into the wilderness is because we're too full. Naomi said, I went out full. Many of us, we're going out full. We're full of our own plans. We're full of ca uh, calendar events. We're, we're full of ourselves. We're full of worldly ideology that's just crept into our minds and into our spirits. But God wants somebody to go out full, but he's intending for us to come back empty. Empty so he can fill us with his spirit. Empty so that he can fill us with his purpose. Empty so that he can do a work in us that he couldn't do when we were full of everything that we were. God needed to empty us of ourselves. There's a why in our wilderness. There's, a, there's, there's something that God is emptying out of us in this season of separation. I wonder, is there a rediscovered value for the people of God that somehow got covered up with our calendar of events? Are there things that you're finding out about yourself in this season of isolation and quarantine that, that you didn't realize was there? Is there some, some light that God is shining into this moment? The why is becoming clear for the wilderness experience that we are walking through right now. I wonder, I wonder if you would join with me in praying that the wilderness would allow us to embrace our family tighter than we ever have before. I spoke with one dad this week and he said, we realized that we had become so busy with sports that we'd stopped having supper together. Some things are going to change when this quarantine is over. I wonder when the isolation is over, will you have a stronger resolution to make church a priority? The people of God, a part of your every week. I'm not here to to shame anybody. I'm not here to bring anybody down. I'm not trying to, to be a negative. I, I'm wondering, I'm just asking, are we seeing that there is a why in our wilderness today? You see, sometimes the foundation that we spend so much time constructing gets pretty flimsy very quickly. Come on. Think about it with me for a minute. We were all hoarding toilet paper for pity's sake. I like how one author put, I, I've laughed with many of you. Abraham Lincoln said he laughed rather than cried. If he didn't, if he didn't laugh, he wouldn't survive. But if you look, it is, it is funny. We, we, we've got to chuckle at ourselves. We've got to laugh at ourselves. One, one person said quarantine has turned us into dogs. We roam the house all day looking for food. If we're told no... Well, we're told no if we get too close to strangers and, and we get really excited about car rides. Somebody saying amen. Someone else said the world has turned upside down. Old folks are sneaking out of the house and their kids are yelling at them to stay inside. Someone else said 2019, stay away from negative people. In 2020, stay away from positive people. Day 14 of quarantine at home and the dog is looking at me like, see, this is why I chew the furniture. It's all a little bit crazy. It's just, we, we, uh, we have a different perspective. Everything has got turned upside down. Why does God turn everything upside down? Or maybe, maybe, maybe it's not that everything's turned upside round, down. Maybe it's that God has turned everything right side up. 
Could it be that we sense our need for connection like we never have before? Could it be that we're looking to the word for an answer because nobody around us can give it to us? Could it be that God intends for us to be better by the time we leave the wilderness? It's a season of fear, but it's also a season of alignment. Could it be that God has brought us into this season not so we could wish for the way it was, but so that we could walk into a brand new divine destiny? Perhaps while he's writing things in our lives, he's emptying the things out so he can fill it with himself. It was the wilderness. It was the wilderness that the miracle of manna was released for the people of Israel. It was in the wilderness where the quail came. It was in the wilderness where water gushed from the rock. The wilderness has a place of great purpose in our lives. And that is to prepare us for the place of promise. Could it be that God has us in this season right now because he's preparing us for that promised land? What if what we looked at as such an inconvenience, as such a point of frustration, what if we... This, this very thing that we looked at that we have come to dislike so much, COVID-19, could it be that God would use that to prepare us for a promised land? Could it be that somewhere along the way we have made the same mistake as Israel and that history has repeated itself in our lives, even though we have the story in print so we can read it. We failed to make the application in our lives today. Could it be that we've become attached to the things that we shouldn't be attached to? Could Egypt have a hold of our heart in a way that it shouldn't have? Could our appetite be too comfortable with the carnal offering of the world that we shouldn't have anything to do with? Are we really hungering for things other than the holy? When Israel, when Israel looked for what Egypt had given it, it released the intention and the purpose of their heart. I like the way the message puts it. It says, the riffraff among the people had a craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining. Why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt and we got it free. To say nothing of the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and onions and garlic. But nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. Could this wilderness experience that we are walking through right now be cleansing our spiritual palate so we can become acclimated and hungry for the pure meat and milk of the word. What we see as isolation, what we see as separation, could it be that he is insulating us from the influence that was pulling us in the wrong direction? In short, my question is, do you see what God is doing in you in the wilderness? Are you able to find the why in your wilderness? 
Are you able to find the why in our wilderness? You've heard it said, so you can quote it along with me. God took Israel out of Egypt, but the wilderness took Egypt out of Israel. The why in this wilderness that we're walking through right now is because God is purging, God is cleansing, and God is separating us from the things that shouldn't be there. God has a why in your wilderness. I'm wondering if you pause together with me at the close of this message today. A simple song that we're going to sing after. It says, God, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. But I wonder if you'd let it be your prayer right now that, that God would help purify us and that God would cleanse us and that God would cause us to see the why in the wilderness right now. Father, I'm so thankful today for your presence that's come among your people. And God, you've come on purpose this morning. God, you've met us in many rooms today. You've met us in this room. But God, you're meeting us in living rooms all over our city and beyond. And Jesus, today you have a why for our wilderness. I ask that somebody would begin to rethink some things that have been out of order in their life. God, you've intentionally brought disconnection because you don't want someone to go back the way that they came out. They came out full into this wilderness season, but God, you're bringing them back empty because you have a divine plan for their life. God, I'm asking that someone that couldn't see the reason in the wilderness would see that you're calling us, God, to a place of feasting, not for ourselves, but for a season with you. God, you're bringing us closer to you. You're calling us around the table of fellowship. Sometimes that's suffering. God, that's always separation from the world. But God, you have a feast for us in this wilderness, and I pray that we would sup with you. In these moments and in this time, we pray. In your name we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.